scary girl. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hi. Hey, buddy. I'm sorry. Get out. That's me getting that up and you walking up the, the stairs. Oh. Okay. See, I couldn't tell if that was you leaving or if that was you doing the intro to our intro. No, that was me walking away. Like the noise, our, you know how our intro I song starts with the... Yep. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. Welcome to episode 17. Episode 17. Yes. I mean, full disclosure, this is a week where we did two episodes in one week. So you guys, this is a special episode because we're already one episode into the night. For us, yes. For them, they're going to hear it like they would regular time where it's going to be an episode and then a week later another episode. But for us, it's been a few minutes. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a special episode because who knows what's going to happen. That's true. It's it's going to be crazy. You're not ready. This is going to be totally different. I don't think you're ready for these stories. I don't think you're ready for them. Boo! I don't think you're ready for these stories. Not like, oh yeah, I like that. I don't think you're ready for them. That's what I got. That's all I got. That's fair. We're got it. Bet you can hear those in the headphones. That's the ghost of the teenage boy. That's the thud, thud, thud of an 18-year-old boy, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? It's a fucking second episode miracle. I can hear through both sides of the headphones. Can you really? I can hear through both of them. Hallelujah. Fucking. Hallelujah. Double header miracle. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. That's it. And you can hear him in both of them? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. absolutely. I can can definitely hear the ghost of the teenage boy stomping around upstairs. (laughs) By ghost, I mean, that's just him. He's just there. He's a teenage boy stomping around upstairs. Hi, Halen. Yeah. So after last week's episode, we've got another like crazy. So are you ready to be one upped? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something to brag about, but. Uh, so last week I told a really really messed up story about the Fritzel case, yeah, you did. and Sarah, um, before we had recorded the episode, we were talking and we we're both like, I have a really messed up thing to talk about today. Well, I don't know how messed up your thing is, but my thing is messed up. Like that's what we were doing back and forth. Um, so Sarah has got a messed up thing for me that she's going to tell me about, and it's not the pooper intendant. It's not the pooper intendant, and it's not something that I should see a doctor about. It is some crazy murder. And it's here in Philly, right? Yeah, girl, it is. And even though we're not talking about ghosts and we didn't do this last episode, y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? I'm ready to talk about some murder. That's murder. It's not It's close, whatever. Yeah. Same difference. Okay. We're not talking about ghosts. You know, we're allowed to do whatever we want. Right, which is why it's called dead time stories. And, and not, not your ghost time stories. stories. Oh, because oh. it's, it's more than, we're more than just ghosts. Oh, um, I got Mary Angela really into Burlington Koufax, <laughs> which is more we're than We're also great all about quotes. tangents. That was, why, that was why I sang it like that. Got it. Because that's it. their motto. They're more than great coats. And then I took her there to the one here because we went to one in Virginia. And it was like, I was like, no, I got to take you the one up by us. And I took her there and she's like, yeah, that's actually really cool. And I was like, I know. And they're more than great coats. And then when we were leaving, she saw the sign on the wall that said we're more than great coats. And she laughed. And I was like, that's their motto, Mary Angela. And she was like, okay, I saw. But um, they have all sorts of cool shit there. I don't know if y'all, y'all are hip to the Burlington Coat Factory. Do they sell coats? 
They do, but they're more than great coats. They don't sell coats. <laughs> Oddly enough. Rebranding. Um, no, I like their housewares, though. Like, they have all sorts of cheap-ass kitchen stuff and bedding and you all sorts what? of things. You know what? I think I got confused because I keep going to the Burlington Goat Factory. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, it's nothing but goats. Have you ever had goat? It's actually really good. Well, yeah, I went to the Burlington Goat Factory. <laughs> But in real life. I like toured it as a child. I'm a quarter Haitian, so like I've I've eaten some goat. It's delicious. That's a fact. I know. That's all I have. I was like, I don't I was trying to think of a joke to make off of you eating goat and I'm just curried like, I don't goat. Have anything it's, right I'm now. not I'm not one for curry, but like I like go the goat meat. It's really good. It's very good. You had Tim Curry goat? Ugh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it would do when I bit into it. <laughs> I was like, "What character?" Trying to think of right. I'm like, "Which Tim Carrey is it? Or which Tim Carrey is it? Is it how you do it? Right, exactly. I'm like, is it you know Frankenfurter Tim Curry? Is it Wadsworth Tim Curry? It's is it Wadsworth. Long John Silver Tim Curry? Is it the Devil Tim Curry? Wadsworth. It's Wadsworth. Or is it like Nigel Thornberry Tim Curry? No, 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 no. Um, if you're not hip to who Tim Curry is, you need to turn us. I off remember right there now. was a Facebook meme for a while that was like, you can tell a lot about a person by what they know this man from, and it's Tim Curry. And a friend of mine was like, I know him from Home Alone too. And I was like, I've failed what you as fuck? a friend. I am so I've sorry. I failed you. If that's the first thing you think of, <sighs> that sucks. I will proudly say that my highest rated ever Reddit comment was about Tim Curry. Of course. And it was on a thread of um, what, like, <laughs> what, like, actor or celebrity do you find attractive that normal people would be like, what? That's weird. Oh, I would tell you. And I was like, no, it's definitely. Well, like, and which, which Tim Curry, though? What was it, your answer? It depends. Uh, for me, honestly. But you just said Tim Curry. I just said Tim Curry. Sure. Um, but I think for me, just because it was one of my first experiences, would be Muppet Treasure Island. But then the awakening happened when I saw Rocky Rocky Horror, and I realized that they were the same person. (sighs) And I was like, I like both. I know. I like them all. Yeah. I I like like that. And I like him. You know, I'm a freak, so I like Legend Tim Curry, too. I know you do. I'm a freak. Girl, Um, you know I'm a freak. I'm all about it. Um, you got to give me that John Wayne Gacy man. Oh my girl. gosh! Yeah, I'm but Tim Curry, get hip if you're not hip because he's great. I think it was my 21st birthday. I had a Tim Curry movie marathon. That's fantastic. Where we watched Rocky Horror and Clue and Legend. I think we fell asleep during Legend. I didn't at the time own Muppet Treasure. Island. I was like, you're missing. She, she knew just from the way I looked at her. I'm like, you're missing out on the most important one. <laughs> oh my god, I love him. We know, it's I love most him. So what are you so talking about was, this week, was Sarah? Like, <laughs> that was a really happy thing to talk about. So now let's, let's get into take something. Take it into something fucked really up. Really fucked up. So Stephanie had a really fucked up story last week, and um, she made sure to give a disclaimer at the beginning, and I want to do the same thing. Because we talk about stuff all the time, but like these two episodes, we're like getting fucked up. We're getting a little into... Um, we're getting... Oh, okay. I thought you were going to cough. We're, I've, I feel like it's because now we're getting into things where we're like people hurting people as yeah. opposed to like ghosts and like people died. And they're like died, factual events, and right? And we're like, this actually happened and these people are awful. Yeah. Um, but it's still fucked up and it still talks about the human psyche, which is really what we talk about in general. So, um, no, I wanted to get back to the 
disclaimer real fast and sure. I want to just say this is um, a very terrible story about something that happened to multiple people so yes this is a very serious serious story it's some heavy material it does include murder rape torture and some slight cannibalism sure. so let's just jump right into it just like Halen is about to jump from the dining room down into the basement <laughs> with us stop 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 so we're bringing it right back home to the good old Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. And this is the story of Gary Heidnick, who is also known as the People Collector. Oh, no. Already. I told you it was fucked up. I was like, I don't want to be like, I'm going to one-up you, but I also want to be like this. Let's whew, get ready, girl. So a little bit about Mr. Gary Heidnick. Through November 1986 to March 1987, Gary Heidnick kidnapped, raped, and tortured six women in the basement of his North Philly home. Two of them never left. Because they died. Sure. Okay. So Gary was born in 1943. Uh, his parents divorced when he was three. He was the oldest of, um, I want to say, four kids. Uh, and he spent... His, the first four years with his mom and the next seven years with his dad, which was then followed by two years in military academy. Um, it was obviously, you know, a type of childhood that was split between parents and it was difficult, as can be imagined. And Gary claimed to suffer from emotional abuse from his father. Uh, he apparently suffered with from bedwetting and continued to suffer from bedwetting even after years of living with his father and his stepmother. Um, and the bedwetting would apparently enrage his father so much that he would make Gary hang his soiled sheets from his bedroom window for the neighbors to see. Uh, in the 1960s, he joined the army, and he seemed to be doing well. Um, and this was after going through military academy. He went and joined the army. He spent a total of 13 months in the army. Until apparently he began to suffer from nausea, dizziness, headaches, and blurred vision. Um, by the time he saw a doctor, he was thought to have a full-blown mental illness and therefore received a medical discharge from the service. He also ended up on 100% disability after his release. However, many believe he faked the illness and that he continued to fake it to continue getting disability money. Yeah. So he, throughout his time in the military academy, was also, he was ranking high in excellence. Like, he was doing very well. Yeah. And then he got assigned to something that they assume he didn't want to do, which was working as a medic in Germany. And he started missing work, complaining of nausea, dizziness, etc. So that when he went to the doctor, he was diagnosed with a mental illness. He has friends who think that, like, that initial anxiety and that initial depression and et cetera was real. But as soon as he realized that, like, he could con his way out of the military, he stuck with it. Yeah. And he's basically known to be someone who, from that moment, started to prey upon the weaker and yeah. people who were mentally challenged. Mm -hmm. So he was discharged in 1962 and until his arrest in 1987 he was in and out of mental hospitals and attempted suicide at least 13 times damn so he was 
he wasn't totally the sanest person. He sure. was going through some shit, but not to say that that gives any excuse for what he ultimately right. does. But um, so, of course, as most people do, in 1971, he founded a church, the United Church of the Ministers of God. And he made himself the bishop and was basically like the dictator of the church and made himself the person who was solely in charge of the money and in charge of everything. And he ended up at the end of like his time of running this and then getting arrested having like half a million dollars of money. Uh, His church had about 50 members in the congregation. However, many people like his neighbors and such uh, are on record saying that they think that most of his congregation was mentally challenged mm-hmm. because he did seem to you'll notice a common thread in the story is he did seem to prey upon the lesser than yeah. and the mentally challenged um he was doing well financially at this point and with the money coming in from his army discharge and social security and from the church he decided to invest in playboy under the church's name. And he bought himself a Rolls, Rolls Royce and yeah, a Cadillac. He did. So <laughs> Gary was just all over the fucking place. I was like, he's conning people. He's claiming to be mentally challenged. He's trying to commit suicide. He's investing in Playboy. He's buying a Rolls Royce. And we're just scratching the surface of this crazy motherfucker. Okay. So on top of all of that, he also had... Um, And I put this in quotes of just like, I don't know how else to describe this, like a rampant love life. He ended up being the father of three children with three different women. Mm -hmm. One of these women, her name was Anjanette Davidson. And she was a mentally disabled woman with an IQ of 48. Damn. And, of course, as soon as she had the child, it was immediately taken away. But the thing about Anjanette was not only was she like a personal conquest for him and she was his girlfriend, quote unquote, um, but she was mentally ill. She also ended up to a certain degree being like the catalyst behind everything else that happens next. Because in 1978, he went to the mental institution where her sister was because her sister was worse off than she was and her sister stayed in this mental institution and her sister was mentally challenged and he went there and he signed her out on a day pass and he took her back to his place and he kept her prisoner in a storage room in his basement for 10 days and he repeatedly raped sodomized and tortured her my god and when they found her they also found that he had given her gonorrhea. Yeah. Just on top of everything else. Um, for that, he was arrested and he spent three years in a mental institution. Uh. He never went to prison. He played the crazy card again and he went to a mental institution. And then he was released in 1983 under state supervision. Whatever you, whatever that fucking means. So after that, he went on to find himself a mail order bride. Her name was Betty Disto, and she was from the Philippines. Betty was with him from about the end of 83, 84 until 1986, and she finally left him because he would force her to watch him have sex with other women, and he frequently raped and assaulted her. She 
did press charges, but nothing happened. And they were, what is it called? They were pushed aside because she never showed up for the hearing because mm-hmm. she escaped to the Philippines. And she was also pregnant with his child. Yeah. Um, after she left, he was then free to roam Philadelphia for more victims. Um, in November of 1986, Josefina Rivera went to Gary, Gary's house, thinking she was just doing a normal $20 trick. She was a prostitute. She didn't escape his house until March of 1987. And she was his first victim. His first, like, captive victim. Yep. So, real fast, I want to read her quote. So, this is her description of what he did to her when she came to his house to do her job. Um, She said, he came up behind me and grabbed me by my neck. I wasn't able to breathe, and then I went unconscious. When I regained consciousness, he had me on the bed. He had a handcuff on my right wrist. He kept telling me to shut up or he was going to choke me. So I told him, all right, I'll do anything you say, but don't hurt me. When we got into the basement, I saw this big hole in the floor, and plastic bags full of dirt were stacked in the corner. He shackled my legs to a chain. He used clamps that are used to hold mufflers on my ankles, and he he secured them with nuts. Then he put crazy glue on the nuts so that I couldn't turn them. He told me that he was going to get me pregnant, and I would have his children, and he would raise them. He put me in a hole in the basement floor. He kept trying to put a board over top of me, but it wouldn't fit because the hole wasn't deep enough. He finally forced the board down over me, and after I was in there a while, I had trouble breathing and I was screaming. He took the board off and pulled me out of the hole by my hair. Then he picked up a stick and started to beat me with it. Then he put me back in the hole and left me there for a long time. It seemed like a full day or more. That was her first day. So after that, I'm going to be reading um, descriptions of each of the other women, uh, and I am reading them almost directly from a website. But three days after he took Josefina, he showed up with a woman named Sandra Lindsay. She was 24 years old, and she was mentally disabled. She went missing on a walk to the store. He took her and he chained her in the same fashion as Rivera, and forced the two of them to watch each other being raped. So he chained her to a pipe, put her in the hole, raped Josefina, and then did the same to her and forced each other to watch. Then, less than a month later, on December 22nd, he picked up single mother Lisa Thomas. She was 19 years old. She was walking in the cold by herself, and he offered her a lift. He bought her lunch, brought her back to his house for a glass of wine, And when she woke up from whatever had knocked her out, she had been raped and chained in the basement as well. He introduced her to the other captive women and made them sandwiches and, of course, raped them all again. So now he has three of them in the basement. Josefina says that his goal and the reason why he brought them all down here was he wanted to have them all be the mothers of his children and he wanted to create like a little... His own little church. Yeah. Like make his own little his own little community and bring these women in and have them do that. So on New Year's Day of nineteen eighty seven, he kidnapped Deborah Dudley 
However, she was feisty and she was a little more confrontational than the other girls. So she was one of the reasons why he put in a portable toilet for them and put that down in the hole and began to allow them a few other things. On January 18, 1987, he grabbed one more. Her name was Jacqueline Askins, and she was 18. So now he's got, what does he have? One, two, three, four, five. Um, and with that, he seemed to be content having grabbed her. Um, yet there were times when things didn't go the way he wanted, and so he would punish them. And punishment would be anything from being whipped with a stick, being raped, being sodomized. At one point, the punishment for trying to crawl out of the pit was that he hung Sandra Lindsay by her wrists from a beam. So she was the second victim who he kidnapped, and he hung her just like up by her wrists. Um, and unfortunately, she ended up dying. Yeah. And she was the first victim to die. Um, I also read an account that said that he punished her because she was eating her bread too slowly. So I have two different accounts for why he punished Sandra, but either way, she did something and he was the one that he punished and she was basically chained up and starved to death. Yeah. Um, when he saw that she had died, he took her body upstairs and he dismembered her. He then boiled her and fed pieces of her to his dogs and to his captives yeah. by mixing her remains with the other food he would give them, which also was like cat food yeah. and dog food. So apparently while he was going through the process of dismembering her body and cooking it on the stove, there were obviously there was a smell. Like, you can smell that. There's a major stench. And the neighbors complained about the stench, and the police came, and they came to the house, and the women are all downstairs, and he's got one of them cooking on the stove. Yeah. And he made the police go away by saying that he just burned his dinner. And, again, Josefina um, is quoted as saying that the smell was the worst thing I have ever smelled. When he would come down to have sex with everybody, we would smell the odor all over him. Gary had Sandy's head in a pot on the stove, and he was cooking it. He had Sandy's ribs and a hip bone in other pots in the oven. And she also said that he had Sandy's arms and legs in the freezer in the kitchen. So, that was that. Unfortunately, that wasn't his only death on the property. Um, unfortunately, Deborah Dudley also fell victim to his punishment and her punishment was being put in that pit and he filled the pit with water and he electrocuted her mm. the um the awful thing about that was that again Josephina is going to come up a lot she was his first captive so um, she saw everything she on she also ends up to a certain degree, like, befriending him. You know, she starts to figure out how he works. She, I don't want to be like, she became his bottom bitch, but, like, you know, she was she was the first, the first one. So he apparently even forced her to help fill the hole with water 
to put Deborah in and hold the electrical wire to the chain that was imprisoning her, which caused her to be electrocuted. Um, so she was the second victim. However, like I said, Josefina was starting to figure him out. She was listening to him. And all the while when he was like talking about having 10 children with his wives and his little harem, like she's plotting a way to get out. She's trying to figure out how to save everyone. She's making friends with him. Apparently she got in with such good graces that he would let her upstairs to cook for him and like watch movies together and then put her back down in the basement. But like he'd let her go upstairs and do that. None of the other girls got to do that. So finally, one day, um, she convinced him to, like, let her go and tell her family goodbye. She was like, listen, I have been here with you since the beginning. I have, like, helped you kidnap one of these women. Like, I've gotten on your good graces. Like, let me just go home. Let me tell my family that I'm leaving and we'll just do that, and I'll go. And he actually lets her do it, and he takes her to go to go see her family. And of course, instead, she runs and calls nine one one. I read two different accounts that said that she ran away. Josephina ran away and went to her then boyfriend's house and told him what happened but he didn't believe her and then she ran and contacted the police but I also saw other accounts who said that she just went straight to the authorities who knows either way the woman fucking conned a con artist and got away and got to the authorities and the authorities on March 27th um, they caught him at the gas station where he was waiting on her to return and arrested him went back to the um, the house and found the other women. So, yeah. So, um, I'm just, like, reading her quotes. Like, Josefina was a bad bitch. She got out. She found the cops. And apparently what she said to them when they caught him was like, yeah, that's him. That's him. He raped me, killed these two other girls, and he had me eating her bones. He cut up these this girl and put her in a pot and made us eat her. So he goes to jail for forever, basically. And the interesting thing was that he never appealed his conviction. And he never, he, you know, pled guilty. He took the convention. He knew what he did. Conviction. Conviction. He knew what he did. And one of the reasons why he never appealed. Oh, and also his conviction was the death sentence. So he was sentenced to death. Sure. And he never appealed it. He never tried to fight it. And it said the reason why is because he, you know, he kidnapped and he took six women, two of whom were like mentally challenged. Another two were like prostitutes and like young unwed mothers. And then he's in a fucking jail with people. He was getting his ass beat every day. And he said, quote, um, so it was either a lifetime of getting your ass kicked And I'm not talking about punched or the death penalty. And um, in July of 1991, he was executed by lethal injection. And he was the last person to be executed in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the story of Gary Heidnick. And I found that case because a friend of mine was talking about um, a murder house in Philadelphia. And all of this happened at a house that is currently still not occupied uh, in North Philadelphia. And it's a creepy fucking looking house. And um, there is one description of the, let me find the picture, of the pit that he had them in. Because it wasn't huge. It was very tiny. And they were all just stuck in this pit in his basement, chained up until he took them out. Yeah. Damn. And Gary Heidnick and his pit and his people collecting is part of the inspiration for Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Right. Who kept people in a pit. Right. And uh, that happened years and years and years ago in North Philadelphia. How many years ago? When did it happen? Eighties, 87. 80s. That's the year I was born. So I was going to say 30 years, but we're past 30 years now for that. 31. So 31 years, 31 years ago. Only 31 in October. And I find it very interesting, too, that I'm like, he was the last person to be executed, executed in, Pennsylvania. in Pennsylvania. And he kept those six women, raped them, tortured them, put them in a pit. Killed one of them and made them eat her, and then well, he killed two of them. He killed right? two of them, but one he didn't make them eat the second one. He only had him eat the first one. Still, that was rough. So was that's rough. my crazy rough story. Sure. Do you have a fun witty anecdote or something to? Um, I am gonna lighten the mood a lot. Help lighten this mood, so we don't have to talk about these women who are. Both of our stories have focused on women being imprisoned Captain and, and raped. raped and, and, I'm so sorry, everybody. You know what, though? None of, granted, they were they were kept down there for, how many months is that, November to March? Five, five months, five, give five or take. Months. Five months. I don't think any of them got pregnant. That's, and that was that's his ultimate good. goal. That was the whole reason he kidnapped them. Sure. Was he wanted some, some women to create him a little community because he was fucked up. So it's Gary Heidnick, and I stumbled upon that story when uh, I was talking to a friend of mine at the bar, which is where I stumbled upon a lot of my stories. Sure. She was talking about a murder house, and I Googled it, murder house in Philadelphia, and this house of horrors popped up. Speaking of house of horrors, do we have a promo this week? We do have a promo this week, and our promo's taking it back to the good old Southern Spirits podcast. I love them. You know we do. And you know what? While we listen to their promo... How about we take a drink? Yeah, we're going to take a drink and then we're going to set up for my segment. And until then, listen to Mitch and Leah. Hey, y'all. I'm Leah Lawrence. I'm her husband, Mitch Lawrence. And we host the Southern Spirits Podcast. Each week, we'll sip on a Southern brewed craft beer or wine and toss back a Southern distilled liquor. And I'll let y'all know how I feel about them with a review. And after we are good and tipsy, I'll bust out a couple of strange, spooky tales from the American South. We are all about true crimes, mysteries, paranormal activity, and cryptozoology. Basically, if it's Southern and boozy, we'll drink it. And if it's Southern and weird, we'll talk about it. So join us as we drink our way through the folklore of the South. Find the Southern Spirits Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Bye, y'all. Are you going to play me a song? 
<laughs> Welcome back, everybody. That was a great promo. That was a great promo. I do love, mention Leah, I love Southern Spirits. They're awesome. They're good people. So, for you, our listeners, um, I don't know if you've heard us mentioning, talking about moving and getting stuff done lately. Ooh, girl, that's um, scurry. That is scurry. Moving is terrible. But uh, Sarah and I are no longer going to be roommates. I know. Bum, bum, um, bum, we are bum. still, we love you. We're, you're going to have two Christmases. Um, we <laughs> want you to know. <laughs> we, um, the podcast isn't going anywhere. This has nothing anywhere. to do with you, you guys. We still love we you. Love you. Um, the podcast isn't going anywhere. We're no. still doing the show. But this is the last episode that we're recording as roommates. So, so it's kind of a big thing. So by the time that this episode comes out, we won't be living together anymore. And mm-hmm. when you hear us again next week, we'll be doing our first episode as not roommates. But this is our last episode as roommates. And so I told Sarah that I wanted to do something special today. Um, so I was like, you go first because I want to do a thing. And she's like, but no, I have like no a really long mess up story. It. And I was like, well, we ended with a really mess up story last time. I like lighten the mood. So um, something that I have talked about doing but have never actually done on the show and we're going to do today is I'm going to do a tarot reading. <gasps> oh, <laughs> yay! For kind of like for you and the future of our mm-hmm. show. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Oh, yay. I'm so excited. So I have my tarot cards here. I'm not going to be like, that makes up for talking about the women being raped, but like. (laughs) But it's going to lighten the mood a little bit, I would hope. You know what? It's all about looking towards the future and not the past. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to unwrap my tarot deck. This is my Rider White deck. It's a very basic tarot card deck, and it's great for learners. Um, So this is what I use most of the time because I'm still learning. Uh, Mary Angela does a lot of tarot. She actually collects tarot decks. I would love more tarot decks, but you're not supposed to buy them for yourself. So we I'm, know when we know what you want for your birthday. So I'm always like, y'all want to y'all want to buy me some tarot you decks? Wanna, uh, listeners, so, you want to buy her a tarot deck? Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to put this scarf down and then I'm actually going to give you the cards and I'm going to have you shuffle them for a minute and a half while I talk about tarot. Okay. Last so. time I did this was you. What do you mean was me? You you did my tarot reading. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I did, yeah. I haven't I, done it. I read tarot cards, y'all. Um, and what I like to tell people, uh, and Mary Angela doesn't like it when I like to say it's like a fancy magic eight ball. But the thing about tarot cards um, is that they don't necessarily like, they don't have a special power, right? They're more for like a meditation to kind of give you perspective and, and different views on like an issue that you're dealing with. So when you're dealing with a question with tarot, you usually want to do like an open-ended question, not like a yes or no, which you would do with a magic eight ball, but something <laughs> that gives you um, kind of an open-ended uh, option for your answers. So it'll kind of um, give you different views. When you look at the different cards and they all mean different things, uh, they'll kind of give you different ideas of how you can approach a problem or kind of what's coming. But it's all about your interpretation. So when you do a tarot reading, right, or when I do a tarot reading, I can't tell you like, you pulled this card. And so what that means for you is this, this, and this, and this are going to happen. So I tell you basically what the cards mean and what position they're in. And then it's up to you to interpret what you think that they mean to you. So that's kind of how uh, a tarot reading works. So um, the tarot spread that I'm going to be doing today is called Shooting Forward. And it's a career spread, um, but I'm applying it to our podcast. Um, cause you know, 
dreams, right? We love to make this our career. Um, So this is for when you know the future that you want but are unsure of how to get there. Ooh, I like it. Okay. So here we go. (laughs) Doing the shooting forward spread. Again, I'm going to leave this open to your interpretation. I'm going to flip the cards and tell you what position they're in and what the cards mean. So. In the number one spot for the dream job, we have the Ace of Pentacles. Uh, and the dream job, it's asking, what would it? What would your dream job look like? What would you be doing every day? What would be your role? What could you gain? So here we have the Ace of Pentacles. Uh, and I have notes on the bottoms of all my tarot cards to kind of tell me what those cards mean. The Ace of Pentacles um, represents success and rewards. Pentacles are uh, earthly goods because all of the suits are tied to a different element and earth is the element for pentacles so it's earthly goods material goods things that are like tangible right so your dream job is something that would give you success not just in money right but would be very like rewarding something that the ace is like not the ace is like number one right so aces are like new beginnings um fresh starts but like a very like open and generous and exciting thing. So that's what we have in your dream job position, Ooh. okay, is the Ace of Pentacles. So the next card, uh, number two, is going to be Path Forward. What are the paths forward? How can you get there? The second card that we have is the Ten of Cups. Um, cups represent water. Um, water <laughs> is like ideas, creativity, intellect like that kind of thing um and the ten of cups represents promise hope and fertility um so uh your path forward right involves openness the actual image on this on this particular deck the ten cups are like in a rainbow um there's like a family the kids are like in a field they're all dancing everybody's having a good time (laughs) Everybody's just having a party. <laughs> so I love that that's the path for Like, how do you get the job? That you, how do you make this podcast work for you? Or how do you do whatever, right? Um, and the card that you have is like, fucking have a good time and give your best and promise and hope. And I like that. Creativity. So far, this is a good spread. It is. Looks looking good for us. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, <laughs> Next card is death. <laughs> Um, people are always afraid of the death card, uh, which the death card isn't the card I'm afraid of. The tower is like scary card to me. Death is like everything comes to an end, you know, so it's not mm-hmm. so scary. The tower is usually like disaster. It's like people falling out of a tower and there's like a <sighs> lightning bolt, right? Like it's all scary. Jesus. Um, your qualities. What do you have within you that would help your dream job? Um, this is the seven of wands. Um, so confrontation and advantage. Uh, so you see it's one guy who is, he's got one and then there's six wands up against him. So he's like, you know, fighting first thing. Wands are fire. Fire is passion. Fire is strength. Um, that kind of thing. But he, you see, he's like outnumbered, but he has like they're down below him, so he has the advantage of, like, being above. Um, so it's confrontation, but, like, he's got the advantage. Uh, so your qualities uh, are that you've got this card here. So your qualities are you're able to 
take your abilities and take I don't want to say take for granted that's not yeah. the right way to put it at all um, <laughs> but, but like uh, you're like you're going forward like you're you're attacking head on you're not like you're not just like sitting back and, and being passive like mm-hmm. this is like a full on he's like fucking going for it let's go Alright, alright, alright. So that's in that position, right? So, uh, card four, sources of help. Who can help you? What networks are available to you? And the card that we have in this position is, oh, we have more wands. So this is the nine of wands. uh, And I have written on this card, suspicion and guardedness. Um, So this guy, he's holding a wand, but then there are eight wands behind him, almost making like a fence. Um, and he's looking around like, mm, I don't fucking know. So he's, um, and again, wands are going to be fire, which is like passion. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we've got him there. So using the, using people around you who are maybe not, um, in the same, field like not in the creative part of it but maybe people who are looking out for you on the other end Mm -hmm. people who are looking out for the work that you're doing how they can help or possibly like looking for ways to protect the work that you do um so that's something to seek out in people that you want to help your position as far as the future is concerned what needs attention this is going to be card five uh what have you overlooked that could impact your path here Ooh, bitch. Uh, it's the three of swords. <laughs> All I see is like a heart with like a sword stabbing through it. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. Um, which are, uh, so the three of, of swords is a heart like in the rain with three swords through it. Uh, and this card represents suffering. God. <laughs> and also release. <laughs> um, but swords are air. Yeah, check me out. I'm so good. Yeah, because pinnacles are earth, cups are water, wands are fucking fire, and swords are air. Yeah, check me out. That, Getting it. Um, I'm really proud of myself right now. But I am. So anyway. <laughs> so, so swords are air, which is like logic, um, yeah. intellect, intention. So with this card in this position, so things that need attention – are I would say perhaps being too focused on the like the issues focused on like the pain like the difficult parts of what you're doing learning to turn that focus away from the suffering part of this card and reaching more for the release of this card not letting those issues those struggles hold you back um from where you're intending to go or where you're hoping to go in the future with, you know, with our show, but also with your life. (laughs) Show's moving forward. That's what these quads say. Well, again, shooting forward is the name of this spread. So again, in your dream job position, we have the Ace of Pentacles. In the path forward, we have the Ten of Cups. In the Your Qualities, we have the Seven of Wands. In the sources of help, we have the nine of wands. And in the needs attention position, we have the three of swords. Got him. Got him. (laughs) So again, as far as um, what these cards, I can tell you what the cards mean and what position they're in. But as far as 
how you interpret that information or how you personalize it for yourself. That's entirely up to your interpretation. Mm. Um, I'll take a picture of this to post on our Insta, yes. but I'm going to hold on to it for two weeks because we're not posting this episode I know. yet. You guys, though, if these cards are correct, this podcast is going places. So Fingers crossed. Am I right? Rate and review us. And then, you know what? Let's get a picture of you in there with Tell it. your friends. Yes. I know. You love to do that. <laughs> I just posted to our story. Sarah a doing a weird tongue thing and the tarot cards there. So, you know, it looks like we're worshiping the devil. I'm such a lady. Um... So listen to Devil Times, Dead Time Devil Stories. Hail <laughs> Satan. Um, <laughs> no, listen, so, there's hail, Satan. There's hail outside. So I'm, you know, I'm excited about the future of our show and the Just separate it. futures that we also have in conjunction with one another. Yes, Queen. I'm excited about our separate paths, but then also continuing on a path together. Yes. Well, we, to our listeners, we... Didn't live together before. We met doing creative theater things Correct. together, and that brought us together. And then we lived together, and now we're still doing. We have this creative baby. We do. We have Dead our Time precious stories. baby, Dead Time Stories. And sorry, who's the baby? Our this podcast is, is the baby. This is the baby. It didn't answer me. I was hoping it'd be like, <laughs> I'm the baby. I'm the barber. There it is. That was me. So this is our baby, and you guys are getting to witness the growth of our baby. I'm excited. I'm excited too. But yeah, we tell have, us how you feel. Tell us how you feel. So yeah, we have uh, fun, interesting things coming in the future. If you want me to do a tarot reading for you, reach out to me. She'll do it. <laughs> we'll talk about it. You should reach out to us. We are, of course, on all the social media sites. You can find us on Instagram, Dead Time Stories with a Z, all one word. You can email us at deadtimestories at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're still giving away stickers. If you yes. want to get your very own Dead Time Stories sticker, you can review us on Facebook or on iTunes and take a screenshot and send it to us with your address. And we'd be happy to send you a sticker. If you want to follow us on our personal pages on Instagram, I'm at SC Kernison, K-E-R-N-I-S-A-N. That's my last name. And Sarah is at Over Your Headins, H-E-D-D-I-N-S. That's her last name. Um, but yeah, we look forward to hearing from you guys and we hope you have enjoyed our adventures so far. And here's to new adventures in the future. New adventures in the future. Future. Do I have any drink left? You do. It's right here. Uh, oh, right, I do. Here yeah. Here. New, new adventures, adventures in the future. In the future. And they don't clink because they're plastic, but they we're going to sip. Thanks for listening, guys. Rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and review us today. Thank you. I'm Stephanie. I'm Zara. Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Kernison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. Girl, same and hungry, but I'm. I think I'm just gonna go to bed it's and bedtime. I'm gonna have poor for dinner. <laughs>